0: Welcome to Extremely Valid Points.
1: We are three business owners and friends who enjoy practical, real-life discussions about business, marketing, and creativity. Your
2: hosts are Nathan and Jenny Sala, the owners of World Light Media, a digital marketing agency focused on helping organizations grow through online leads.
0: And Dave Wilkins, the owner of Ellipsis Production Co., a video production company that specializes in creating meaningful content for businesses and nonprofits.
1: We hope you enjoy today's episode and along the way we just might happen to make some extremely valid points.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Extremely Valid Points. We're just uh, we're really glad to have our guest here today, Max Deboss, joining us here from um Deboss Chocolates and Acapella brand chocolates. Um, and various other things. Also the no uh, the, the, <laughs> the no focus, focus radio, radio hour. Hour. That's right. Yes. Uh, previously the no talent Mm -hmm. uh radio hour or rate or podcast yeah show yeah yeah it's one of one
3: of the multiple names yeah
2: perfect um (laughs) so you are you're a man of many talents and many skills uh and we're really glad to have you here today just to kind of talk about all the things you do and how it all kind of intersects together so yeah thanks for being here yeah well thanks thanks for having me on i really appreciate it yeah so, yeah, tell us just a little bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, some of the things you're involved in.
3: Sure. So my, um, my day-to-day job, my main job, I would say, is um, I am the uh, president of uh, DeBoss Gourmet, which is a uh, chocolate confection company here in Fresno. Uh, we've been around for 40 year, over 40 years now. Wow. Um, I started it when I was a one year old
2: um, and that's that my, impressive.
3: Yes, my, my parents began the business, um, before I was born and they started as a small ice cream shop here in town. Oh, okay. um, my father studied, um, food science at Fresno state and he actually started the, um, ice cream program at Fresno state. That was his first um, deal there. And my mom also was studying food science. And so they opened up a small ice cream shop. And through, well, a lot of other things prior to that, they had some knowledge in chocolate as well. And so they um, started making things that nobody had heard of at the time. Chocolate truffles, those were, you know, this is Fresno in the 70s. Nobody knew what a truffle was. Yeah. Um, and so um, how they kind of... Got their first account. My dad was at the fancy food show, one of the first fancy food shows, and he had brought some chocolate truffles um, in his coat pocket to snack oh, on because wow. oh, okay. they, they had no money. You know, they he went to walk around with a friend, and so, so he, he had br- made his own, made his chocolates, his threw them yeah. in his pocket. <laughs> some lady walked up to him and asked, uh, you know, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, I'm just I'm walking the show, and um, she said, yeah, but what do you what do you do? And so he explained, and she said, oh, a truffle. What what is what's a truffle so he explained it and he um, actually said, you know I have one in my pocket if you're and she was like I'd love I'd love to try it wow. and he was like okay but you know he pulls it out of his coat pocket gives it to her she um, takes gives him his her, her card and says give me a call um, gives her a call and um, a couple weeks later he got his first account it was trader joe's oh wow, wow. Um, trader joe's
2: was the first account his
3: first account wow so they um were the first ones to really bring ch- um, truffles to the united states and that was uh m- keep in mind they were operating out of like a 50 square foot stand ice cream stand um so them and a bunch of people from the church came together and were making chocolate in their kitchen
2: and that was their their first big account so like at the time Probably most in America, it was like Hershey bars and right. that kind of thing, right?
3: Exactly. So they um, when they started, and this is something that kind of really is still how we operate. We're always innovating, creating new things, and kind of pushing the boundaries. Um, and same sort of thing, you know. They their motto for their old ice cream shop because they were not just making plain ice cream. It was you know ganache, um, you know um, with Orange liqueur and different sort of things, and they were making us um, cappuccinos. Nobody knew what a cappuccino was in the uh, early yeah. '80s, '70s. And there, uh, we actually have a, an old sign of theirs in our facility, and it says um, it was called the ice cream shop was called Foreign Affair, and it said if you can find us. The ice creams on us. It was literally <laughs> like if you found them, they'd give you stuff free because the goal wow. was, hey, hopefully you'll come back and pay next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's
2: I mean, that was a clever, you know, thing to kind of just get people to, yeah, to exactly. figure out. Right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So
3: um so I you know, uh, I work there now. I've been working there pretty much, you know, honestly my whole life. I was kinda of born into the chocolate industry. Um, did a lot of other things along the way. Um, I had studied in college. I studied uh, mass communications and journalism as well as theater arts. So two very useful degrees in my current (laughs) position. Um, (laughs) And those were the uh, two things I studied. And I also have a a master's in um, educational technology. Also very useful in the chocolate industry, as you can imagine. Uh, but throughout all of that, I was always um, just in the business. You know, I had a I had my own I had a studio um, for a number of years that was next door to the factory. So, um, which is was great because when things were slow, I was over at the factory, and yeah. you know, I was always doing the websites, the photography, the videos. Um, I did a lot of documentary work at the time. And so um, both of those kind of intersected pretty well because I had a lot of contacts in the food industry. So people would reach out and say, hey, we need some, um, you know, a documentary or a short film about, you know, whatever, water irrigation for our plants and, you know, food. I'm like, yes, and I know video. (laughs) So um, I kind of built my video company at the time doing a lot of food you know, right. the food industry. I was doing stuff for, you know, well-picked berries and a lot of berry companies and um I did a lot of things, that, uh traveled a lot doing uh short form documentaries for um equitable trade and a lot of different um food type organizations that were trying to show sustainability in in the food industry. And uh so that kind of tied in very well. And then eventually um, you know, I, was, I started teaching at Fresno State as well um, a number of years ago, actually right out of college. And that, uh, with all these different things kind of going on, I was always being pulled back into the chocolate industry. It um, didn't matter what I was doing. I was kind of getting pulled in. And so uh, probably about mm, probably 10 years ago, uh, I just kind of did it, jumped in full time. We, we were growing substantially as a family business, and so... We either needed to bring somebody in full time to kind of take a lot of that in or um, or it was me. So, you know, I was t- tired of making car commercials and all the <laughs> things you do when you have a video company trying to, you know, pay your bills. And so it was uh, kind of the right move. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I imagine, I mean, you said all of those things that you majored in and studied maybe didn't seem to directly impact chocolate, mm-hmm. but do you think any of it is in vain? I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those people who just thinks that everything you learn, it all adds up and makes a difference in the oh, long run.
3: 100%, um, n- nothing, I don't think anything I did was a waste. Um, in fact, I every one of those things really put me in a place to where I can be now. Um, and I think without those things, I don't think we would be able to grow in the ways we have. Um, because it really brings out different perspectives. You know, if you're just, if I was only in the food industry, um, you know, we wouldn't be able to do, you know, there's small things. We launched um, a chocolate subscription program in 2013, which was, you know, subscription food was not a thing at that time. It was mm-hmm. very early in, in in that kind of game. And, um, you know, that a lot of that came from just, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have, web design background and, you know, and I had a, a great friend of mine, Ray, um, we just kind of talked through it and we both were throwing ideas out of, you know, what could we do for a fun kind of side business at the time? And we were like, you know, a subscription of something. And we're like, well, why not chocolate? And then of course there's the issue of, well, how do you ship chocolate all over the world? Nobody mm-hmm. was really doing yeah. this at a subscription. So we, you know, without all of those various, um, kind of skills, you know, we were able to do the photography for it, build the websites, make the videos, um, and create, really, a, uh, a great business model that's still going on to this day. And that brand, we also created a brand that was in, you know, in 10,000 stores with that brand, um, none of which could have happened if I didn't, you know, spend time doing video or photography or all these other, or even, you know, making the videos, of, you know, standing, being, you know, having a, virtually no budget Saying, how can I make a video to get this out? And right. Going, All right, man. We're gonna get into a closet, put a green <laughs> screen behind me, and we'll make it look like we're in some beautiful area. You know. Um, right. No, you couldn't have done that if I just had an idea without those skills. I would have had to pay somebody, and it would have died on the. You know, just with the idea, would have died off. For
2: so sure. it sounds like it gave you the kind of the flexibility to, to you know, try things mm-hmm. without the risk of like, hey, we're gonna hire a huge advertising agency right. and. Etc. Right? You can kind of experiment and
3: absolutely, and um, yeah, and that really has been a big, kind of a big part of uh, how our business kind of operates in general. Um, because, and actually, more recently, within uh, within the last uh, five months, we are now merged with a much larger company. We are part of a company um, by the name of Maiden Nature. They're one of the largest dried fruit companies, um, organic dried fruit companies. And we started with them doing. Um, All their R&D work, research and development and manufacturing, and we uh, just were so closely related that it just made sense to kind of come together as one. Um, And even with them, you know, that sort of um, we've been able to create new and unique things because of that um, kind of small entrepreneurial spirit of, hey, let's try some stuff. Yeah, We know how to do it low cost. Because we can do it ourselves, you know. We don't. You know, I know how to make some mock-up packaging and uh, make some 3D renderings of things, kind of because I had to. We didn't have a budget, so it was like yeah. I don't know how to do this, but I can learn. You know, I have enough background that I can figure it out, um, which has really allowed us to try out brands and do some very risky things that pay off in the end. Hope sometimes. Sometimes they don't, but when they do, it's worth it. So
0: nice. So tell us some more about some other things you've tried out.
3: Yeah, oh man. Um so much. A couple of years ago, so about twenty fifteen, I had a an idea for a a chocolate. And there was at the time um like barks. Chocolate barks were the oh, big yeah. thing. And we had been doing chocolate barks forever, um, especially private labels. So we were doing chocolate barks. I'm sure you you probably had them. I can't say the names of everybody that we do them for. Um, but we were doing barks for all these brands. They're on the shelves. I've had those. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm so, sure I have. <laughs> if they were good, they were ours. Okay, if yeah, they gotcha. weren't, yeah. ugh, mm-hmm. somebody else made them. Right. Uh, <laughs> and they were all very similar, though. It was like dark chocolate and almonds, and dark chocolate with you know cranberries and almonds, and yada yada yada. And I was thinking, but there's, I want chocolate. I want fun. I want to be able to see something that just gets me excited. So uh, I started kind of playing around, and we released a a line of chocolate barks that uh, I wanted to call chocolate cluster bombs. Um, and so inside of each of these, you know, we had a ton of flavors. We had like peanut butter and jelly, which had Chex Mix and peanut butter and fruit gels. Um, and we had um, strawberry lemonade, which had real wow. strawberries and marshmallows and all these different things but everyone in the line also had these sparkling pop rock type things okay. oh, so okay. as you ate them yeah. they would sparkle and wow it was really <laughs> cool and Everybody looked at it and said, this is an insane idea. Why, why would you call them cluster bombs? And on the front, I had this big bomb exploding and stuff coming out. And it was kind of uh, everybody was like, you're an idiot, Max. This is you're not- a food terrorist. Yes, exactly. It's also bad because, you know, we're Middle Eastern. And there's a lot of connotations of like you're selling chocolate cluster bombs. This might not be the best idea here. But I went, I was like, you know what? Just forget it. I'm doing it. We're going to try it out. And um, it actually went really well. Wow. It went really well. We were actually in, with that brand, we were in about 10,000 stores. Wow. It was a, but it was very specific. It was places like FYE, which used to be like warehouse music. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah. We were in like Spencer's Gifts. All of these sort of, we were definitely hitting a, um, targeting this audience that was pretty much like my age, right? The way I would sell them to buyers, we would go in and they'd say like, they'd look at it and go, uh, and I'd say, you have to understand there is a whole generation of late 20-year-olds who are waiting in line at midnight for the new Power Rangers movie. Like these people <laughs> were a little bit immature. We have some money to spend. Yeah. This is what you're gonna sell them. And it you know, and it did really well. Except, and this is where the mistake was, um, they were all things that um you know, they they were just a little bit too different. People would buy them, they'd buy them maybe once or twice, but Maybe not a third time because you want it to go back to something a little bit more comfortable. Um, however, I, you always learn from those things. So, in fact, so much of our new brand, Acapella, is really just um, growth on those. We have a line of barks that are just not as crazy, right? <laughs> They're still very unique, all unique flavors, inclusions. Um, however, we just kind of toned it down a little bit. I took the old art and took off like the bombs and everything, (laughs) Uh, toned down a little bit, but still kept the general idea of, you know, the things flying everywhere. So Mm -hmm. all the things that work we kept and then everything else uh, we had learned from um, were able to tie that into now a incredibly successful brand. And so um, kind of just back to things that I, things that you do, I don't think, um, are wasted at all, you know. Um, even, I don't know, biblically speaking, nothing is wasted, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I just, uh, you know, I learn a lot. Not something that my dad really um, instilled in me, which I'm very um, thankful that he did. He would always just, let, if I had an idea, he'd say, try it, you know, yeah. go Sounds for sick. it.
2: Well, what's that like, I mean, having a family business, working with mm-hmm. your dad, and I mean, I know he's got quite a story yeah. and all, those, all that. What, what is that like, being a part of that whole thing?
3: It's um it is very unique. Um <laughs> you know my dad and I we we share an office. We've shared an office for years. Mm. Um and there's really n- there's really nothing like it. Um it's very it's something that you don't realize is kind of special I think mm-hmm. now now that I'm um kind of getting older. Um I'm maturing <laughs> in my thought. I realize just how uh special it is to yeah. be able to learn from him and um And now also kind of share knowledge, you know, seeing that he'll lean on me for for a lot of things. Um, It's definitely a unique experience, especially especially coming from uh, coming now into a more corporate company. Whereas when it was strictly a family company, um, you know, we would just try anything. We'd move fast. We'd very much just kind of have an idea, go for it, Um, and that's you know what my dad had done his whole life and um i think that's where i most likely i got a lot of that on my own just have an idea try it um you know if if it's going to fail that's fine but i'll learn from it like there's no problem in failing i failing has been a huge part of my life <laughs> and I, and it's fine like i have no fear of trying something and just if it sucks i'm like okay well great or or else you're sitting on it and just kind of thinking well what if it worked what if it didn't work Um, Now I just do it, and if it fails, great. If it works, awesome. Um, And so being able to have that kind of with him, he's always kind of encouraged me to do that. Those are a lot of the good positives. Um, Also working with your dad, we uh, fight a lot. (laughs) 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 That is a daily, you know, there's there's kind of a – you'll know when I walk out of the office and everybody's kind of like (laughs) – <laughs> <laughs> You've heard the arguments. Uh, um, uh, we're both very stubborn. Um, we're in kind of not set in our ways, but um, we're, we're we've both never been wrong. So oh, is a okay. Yeah yeah. 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 You guys know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, we're, uh, but most of the time though, it's a, it's a good, it really tempers both of us. Um, my dad is the ultimate optimist and, and which makes sense from his life. Um, and having seen him be the ultimate optimist, um, I am somewhat of a, a, a pessimist in ways. Um, we're definitely a skeptic of a lot of things or people, or I don't trust as easily. Uh, my dad is just, um, the, the sweetest man who will trust anybody and he just loves um, fully. He's just a really amazing man in that way. Um, But I've also seen him get burned a lot, which makes me... watch and go, hmm, you know, <laughs> maybe a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we definitely balance each other out.
0: You find yourself being a little more protective over him?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, like hugely, which uh, that's where a lot of our arguments come from, I think, sometimes. It's like, ah. this is a bad idea. We shouldn't do this. He's like, well, why not? It's going to be great. I'm like, these are all the reasons. Let me list a thousand of them for you. <laughs> and, but, you know, he's like, uh, no, this is this is great for these reasons. And, and like, yeah, but, you know, and so there's a lot of that. Um, but you know, at this point, uh, we've learned how to manage it. We usually will have a nice argument for 10 minutes and then he's like, okay, you know, how's, how's Brie? It's my wife, you know, how's Brie doing? And then we just completely forget about it. Like we yeah. learned, we discussed it and all right, and we'll you move, can on. Kinda, yeah, move on. Yeah, move on. Yeah,
1: exactly. I love that. I think that, you know, I can imagine that there's an advantage of that, that safety, both talking about what you said about the freedom to fail that you experienced um, and a lot of the stories we hear in and here and, and out in the world, success stories, that's a core element of just just this um, freedom to just try it and fail. And that's great. You know, that's a good thing. And, and, you know, when so much of the world is crushed or crippled by failure, you know, right. just that freedom is a game changer. And then with your dad, you know, and the dynamic and the whole family dynamic of working together and you kind of clash and butt heads, two very dynamic and strong personalities, all of this history – um, and then you um, have a disagreement, but you walk out of the room. You know, I, I can imagine the the differences in a typical um, say if it was a, a employer-employee type of relationship, or even two partners. You don't have that family dynamic. Right. You say some things. There's emotions. It's heated. It's like I don't need this. You know, I can leave. You can't just leave your family. So you're right. kind of forced to stick through it, which I think breeds a great environment for amazing things to happen because, you know, you grow through things, you accept things. And like you said, now you're at a point where, you know. through the conflict and mm -hmm.
0: find the resolution on the other side instead of saying, hey, I'm out of here.
3: Yeah, and that's a good point because I think because of that safety of just knowing that we can openly disagree or argue, you're right, it does – it kind of breeds creativity and also stronger um, ideas because we're never afraid just to say – Okay boss like right sure I'll do whatever you say there's no yes man in this relationship it's like um I'll fight you tooth and nail until one of us uh, until one of us convinces the other one that oh that that is the right idea
0: or you um, find uh, some kind of mutual like you know this this issue that I have mm-hmm. how can we work this issue out so that this idea can still work and then right. you find the the like better path
3: and that's usually what happens right it's like yeah. I I have this goal of like I am most likely right, and he does too, and then by the end, we'll go, oh, yeah, all right, that's that's probably, you're right about this, and I'm right about that, okay. And so then you're we'll, both you're oh, right. right. Yeah. We're both right, right. See, we've never been wrong. <laughs> there it's you really go. interesting, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, well, going back to this, this n- no fear of failing, uh, do you feel like you've always been that way? Or, I mean, it, it, It sounds like your dad has kind of created this atmosphere where it is safe to fail, where, you know, everything's a learning experience. It might work. And if it doesn't, you know, we'll move on from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you think of a time when you failed and like it was hard or has it just been easy for you?
3: Um, No, I don't think it's been easy for me. I I definitely think, you know, when I was younger, um, that was something I think I, I struggled with a lot. Is and not so much fear of, yeah, probably fear of failing, um, but more so like fear of being mediocre. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was kind of this, you know. I think and I think that came especially from growing up in a in a family business. You know, even what you know our business has gone through just massive failures. You know, over the years we've had ups and downs and ups and downs. Um, But you know, when especially when you're really young you don't know that your family's just losing money on this business, your dad's a business owner and you got a factory, you know, you don't yeah. realize that you're poor as dirt, you know, driving <laughs> driving your uh, neighbor's car, it doesn't, you know, I have no idea. Um, so I think growing up, especially, um, like early kind of college and early after college, you know, I had a lot of, um, a lot of things that I was passionate about which uh, was something that I struggled with a lot. Um, You know, I had this huge passion for film and and photography and I had this other passion, like massive passion of theater arts and acting. Um, You know, so much that I was like, I'm going to study both and I'll do I'll be this amazing filmmaker and Broadway actor. (laughs) 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 Um, And at the same time, I also had this huge drive to be part of the family business. And so I was constantly fighting these three areas and never really fully dedicating myself to one,
1: mm-hmm.
3: which felt like failure along the way. Mm. You know, It's like, well, I could be a better film person, but I'm too busy doing this play. Or, well, I can't do this play because I'm fully engrossed in developing a new product. And so all of those, I think I had this constant kind of fear of being mediocre in all of these areas and, mm. and trying to find a way to do them all at once. Um, And really, I think – in a a big change for me, in 2015, I had a really hard year. Uh, My life kind of just blew up in a number of ways. And um, I think having that happen was a – I would never wish it on anybody. However, um, it made me a much stronger person because after you kind of lose everything – you realize so many of those things don't really matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really good. You know, you mm-hmm. just kind of go, yeah. "Oh, you know, I came out of this. I came out of this fine." And so many of these things that used to worry me don't really matter. And it was really, a, it was really a God thing. He kind of just uh, he he pulled a Job on me, you know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, it's a story that I don't like to read, but you know, it, it happens. Um, so. That was a big thing for me that uh, was definitely something that I dealt with, which after kind of having that happen, I also realized where my dad got a lot of his no fear of things because Mm. his life blew up on him at a much younger age, you know, multiple times. Um, He, you know, his family, I mean, he saw his, you know, his father died in his arms. He saw his mom and his brother get burned alive. Um, Oh, my gosh. He was shot and left for dead, you know, he was shot 22 times um, in Lebanon and left for dead and um, got kidnapped and tortured. And he just had so many things happen to him when he was young that, I mean, by the time I knew him, you know, <laughs> he had just, he'd already had that experience, you know, I um, I just needed a little bit longer in life for it to happen and then really connect um, with, oh, yeah, we now I get where he's coming from. You know, he mm. used to always, when I was younger, um, I used to, f- you know, my, both my older siblings were valedictorian, straight A, you know, whatever, 5.0 GPAs. <laughs> so I always was like, I'm going to be like that. And I yeah. remember in like, uh, I think it was like in 10th grade, I got my first B and I was like, just devastated because I worked so hard. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's all over. Like I'm gonna be working at a Burger King the rest of my life, mm. you know, because this B. And then the for one- Burger King, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but once it happened, um, I realized I don't really care, you know. School, right. School's kind of a joke. Um, <laughs> it kind of clicked, and the rest of high school was fantastic because mm. uh, I just I didn't worry so much. Nice. Like, I don't need to have a 4.5. Yes, NBA. freedom. It was freedom. Like mm. the, the little like, that was my first taste. I think of the uh, that like fear of mediocrity kind of breaking, and then realizing that it doesn't really mean anything, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, I definitely had those fears, and I think learning from him having it ingrained in me, uh, when I was younger, he'd always ask, well, what's the worst that can happen, you know? I'd, mm. I'd be like, oh, but I'm working on this project, and I'm not gonna get it done by tomorrow for school, and they're freaking out, and he'd say, okay, but what's going to happen? It's like, well, you know, uh, uh, and he's like, well, what, are you going to get to school and you're going to, are you going to die? No. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. And, he'd be, and then he'd say, well, what happens if you did die? What would happen? I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I guess you're right. Nothing is really that bad. <laughs> you know, like right. there's really nothing terribly much to be afraid of. So, you know, and then it was really 2015 where that whatever switch was um, just kind of clicked. And um Yeah, and that's kind of when I finally, I think, learned the lessons he had been teaching me my whole life. Wow. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. What I mean, it sounds like the word I would use to describe what you're describing is just a breakthrough. You have a breakthrough. And I think everybody can attribute so much of their success to some this breakthrough moment where something they were up against a wall of some sort. Mm -hmm. And once they broke through that, it was a game changer and everything was different from that point forward.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to, it really was, it was a breakthrough. It was like every, my, my, my life view kind of changed at that point. And, um, and it's been something that's, you know, it's been interesting because really in the last seven years or so, I, you know, you don't really realize it's happening until you just start making different choices. You stop, you start realizing, Oh, I am not, I haven't been up, been worrying about these different things, you Mm -hmm. know? And um, I remember, you know, I used to be like afraid that I wasn't working in any one of these three things that I was passionate about at any given time. And then it, it just kind of clicked where I realized, oh, but you know what? I don't always have to be doing those things. Like at different stages of my life, I could be fully engrossed in theater at this point. And during that time, I'm enjoying it. And during that time, I am putting my energy towards this. And then when it's done then I'll do something else. I don't need to be, I don't need to be a famous actor and filmmaker and chocolatier all at once, right? I can, I can do something and use those creative outlets. Um, That's honestly one of the reasons I started the No Focus show. It was like, I really want a creative outlet. This was uh, 2012. I was kind of fully engrossed in chocolate and, and video and different things, but really chocolate was starting to take over I started teaching at Fresno State. And so my own sort of stuff started going on the back burner because I was working on grading and prepping classes and writing curriculum. Um, And so I was like, man, I really really wanted my own outlet. And so I figured, well, why don't I just start a podcast? That's something that I can do that, um," and that's just, it became a joy. It became a thing that I look forward to. It's a creative outlet. And, uh, you know, I don't don't need to be winning awards for it. I can just enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you know part of the, another little breakthrough i guess so yeah
0: so max you've been podcasting for 10 years
3: yeah yeah wow Yeah, that's we impressive were, um when we first started the first podcast we did was called bush league <laughs> and it was my my friend uh, at the time my uh, good friend of mine he's like my brother james bush um him and his uh, he is a uh, avid sports fan my brother is an avid sports fan, um, and then myself and James's wife just know nothing about sports. Okay, yeah. So it was a, a sports podcast, but with two of the hosts just knowing nothing about <laughs> sports, right? So perfect. It was kind of a really fun dichotomy of uh, things, and this was early on. You know, 2012. Um, I would tell people I have a podcast, and they say, "What's that?" And I'd say, "Oh, you know, it's we're doing this hour-long radio show. Oh, what station is it on?" Well no, you can't listen on the radio. Well how how do I listen to it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, if you go to the site, I have an RSS feed, and you're <laughs> going to take that feed and you're going to put it into like Pod Duck, and then you're going to download it onto <laughs> your computer and then transfer it onto your MP3 player. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. It, it,
2: it's totally
3: easy. How come you're not listening? You right. Know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd lose people as soon as I said podcast at the time. Um, but we just kept on doing it, and, uh, you know, slowly but surely, uh, technology, you know, of yeah. made it so much easier. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been fun.
2: I would, it's interesting because when you do something kind of for the enjoyment for yourself, right? Like, um, you know, it's it's meant for other people to consume, but you're 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 doing it whether or not you've got one listener or you know right. a, a million or whatever, right? So that I think that kind of mentality is like that's where the joy comes from, right? And you can you realize like, okay, it doesn't have to be um, the number one podcast on right. Spotify or whatever it is, you know, it's just but when you have the kind of passion to, to to do it, a lot of times, you know, that's what's going to catch on versus the person who feels like, well, I have to podcast. It's true. Right. It, it translates, I think, into something special. Right. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. And, and it really does it, in both in both food and podcasting and all these different things. You know, I feel like the more. Um, energy I've ever tried to put into making something crazy successful, the worst it's, it's been, you know, it's <laughs> just like, yeah. the things that I've kind of just been like, I feel I feel passionate about this, whether it's going to work or not, I don't really care. Those are the things that have worked really well. And a lot of that, I think, is because you're willing to fight for something that you enjoy. Yeah. Right. You're willing to fight for it and push for it um, versus, you know, if it's just something that you're trying to make a buck off of. Yeah.
2: It's it inspiring work. and people are kind of see that. Exactly. Know, yeah. Yeah, nobody wants no to thanks. listen to that
3: or, or eat that or whatever. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I wanna hear more about I wanna hear more about No Focus Podcast. Sure. And I wanna hear more about Bush League and all of this. Mm. I I wanna hear more about the story behind a yeah. and how it got his name. Okay. And I I wanna hear more about your family story too, mm-hmm. how your dad went from uh getting shot twenty two times to Honey, we need to open an ice cream store. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a big one. So we're excited to finish this conversation next week with part two. Um, but tell us how people can get a hold of you. How can they contact you? How can they find you online?
3: Sure, yeah. So um, for the chocolate end of things, you can go to acapellachocolate.com or acapellachocolates.com. doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, for everything else, you can go to max That has links to everything that um, I'm involved in, so including some videos that I did with Dave over oh, here. Okay. So, yes. yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay, and so tell us, for those who are listening, tell us how to spell maxdeboss.com. That's a good
3: point. Yeah, it's um, M-A-X and then D-E-B-B-A-S.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Dot com. Okay, we'll see you guys in part two.
0: Thanks for spending time with us at Extremely Valid Points Podcast. To learn more about this episode, see our show notes at extremelyvalidpoints.com. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube and Instagram at EVP underscore podcast.
1: If you need help with your video for your business or nonprofit, connect with Dave at ellipsispro.com. And if you need help with digital
2: marketing, Nathan and Jenny can be found at worldlightmedia.com
0: or feel free to send us an email at questions at externallyvalidpoints.com. Thanks again for joining us. See you next time.